0: Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day.
1: My favorite part of my favorite speech in sports history. This is V Week at ESPN. We and the V Foundation need your help for game-saving, game-changing research that will save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donations goes directly to cancer research. And tonight is the Jimmy V Classic at the Garden. We've got Illinois taking on Texas at 7 Eastern, then Iowa taking on Duke. It's always a great night. And most importantly, it's for a wonderful cause. If you can, please go to the Jimmy V Foundation's v.org and make any difference that you can for us. With that, we welcome you back to what we hope will be a delightful hour with you here as we are live, as always, from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. we got the perfect group to break down the fabulous finish from last night. Monday night football. The first three quarters, not so exciting. And then in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady happened. Here we go. Brady's Bucks hosting the Saints. Second quarter. Bucks are down 3-0. Brady looking for Julio Jones, but Nick, it was just off most of the
2: yeah, I don't know if Julio doesn't quite have the speed or Brady's accuracy was off but that was a play that needed to be made and they couldn't do it.
1: Brady can't believe it. It was there. next Saints possession. It's Andy Dalton. It's Taysom Hill. Saints are out in front.
2: Oh, a little breakdown in coverage. a wheel route. Flat defenders got to carry that wheel. Touchdown.
1: Under two minutes left in the half. It's 7-3 New Orleans. Brady's going to be picked by DeMario Davis.
2: Yeah, it seemed like he was telegraphing that pass. DeMario dropped right into the lane. A mistake that you don't expect Tom Brady to make. He looks right.
1: 10-3 New Orleans at the half. It's in the fourth quarter. Desperation time in the final five minutes. Brady, where do you start? Mike Evans, now they're in
2: business. Yeah, I don't know if you can have something so extraordinary be so boring. We all knew <laughs> right? that it was going to happen, and he did it. Oh,
1: and, and here's the big play. Paulson Adebo with the 45-yard penalty. Is this a good call?
2: Yeah, I hate it as a DB, but, yeah, it's a good call. Uh, only thing you couldn't do was give up the big play. You can't let him get behind you. They didn't have enough time to dink and duck down the
1: field. And that sets up this Brady. Uh, for Kate Otten, the rookie tight end bucket to 16 10. And now the Saints have third and 17 trying to
2: put it away. Taysom Hill
1: just can't squeeze it.
2: Yeah, Dalton was pretty good last night. He had some drop balls, but I wouldn't consider this a drop. To Taysom Hill. Could have caught that and tucked it away, but it's a really good hit. That's Keanu
1: Neal who knocks it loose. So the Saints have to punt. And here we go. Bucks get it back. 58 seconds left. Third and six. Where do you go when you need it? How about Scotty Miller for a first
2: down? Yeah, great conversion right there from Tom Brady. And again, it's so exceptional and incredible,
1: yet so boring. <laughs> because we've seen it before. Here it is. Julio Jones, 15 yards. The Bucks are in the red zone. Then they call a timeout. Then he throws a touchdown to Chris Godwin, but wait! There's a flag on the field. It's a holding call on Donovan Smith. Was this a good call, Dominique?
2: Yeah, absolutely, 100% good call. They could have made a lot more holding calls. Look at this quality tackle. Trying, yeah. That's
1: that's your textbook holding there. So they get backed up. Uh, one more chance now. Two plays later, Brady Godwin, a nine-yard pickup. There's eight seconds remaining. New Orleans calls a timeout. Third and goal. Here's your ball game. Brady, Rashad White. Touchdown.
2: Yeah, running back in the red zone. We've seen that before in a clutch situation. Nice ball time, Brady. I Three seconds it. on the clock, and Brady's Bucks find
1: a way to win and maintain control of the NFC South. Brady, 17. New Orleans, 16.
3: Just like we drew it up. <laughs> Just like we drew it up. A lot of
1: games come down to those types of plays. Our guys made them. You know, at the end of the day, our guys made the plays this week. Um, it's so hard
3: hard team to beat and um, you know just glad we won it was a you know they got a great defense they played us very physical like we thought you know we made some mistakes in there but uh, you know we made enough plays in the end to win
1: Tampa Tom terrific when it matters and so the Buccaneers all of a sudden find themselves.
2: I'm not going to let you do it Mike. Again, we are going to head down this path where you pretend like the Bucs are actually good football team. They are not. They beat a team in the Saints that gave it away. The Bucs are not scaring anybody in NFC. Tom Brady is incredible. Blah, 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 blah. He can bring <laughs> you back. Blah, blah 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 But what about the other 85% of this game? No good football team is going to allow them to do this for a whole game in then be in a clutch situation yes I agree everybody will be scared I was scared last night when Tom Brady had the ball when they were trailing in fourth quarter but they're not going to get in this situation very often and not play against teams that are as undisciplined as the Saints were last night.
1: I'm going to have a very hard time pushing back against you but here's the only thing I will say in the defense of Tom Brady that is that he's going to host a playoff game let's just play this thing out Whoever wins that division is going to host a first-round playoff game, and the likely opponent is going to be whoever doesn't win the NFC East between the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's going to be the first wild card. They're going to play the worst division winner. So let's just live in a world where that is Dallas at Tampa, the first week of the playoffs. Can you imagine the pressure that is going to be on the Cowboys to go in there and win that game? And if you have Brady, you at least have a puncher's
2: chance, don't you? Did you see how many holding calls that were and were not called last night? How many times Tom Brady was hit by that Saints pass rush? It's a good pass rush. It ain't Micah Parsons. It's going to be trouble. Like, I don't have any problem. I understand that the Bucs beat them early in the season. But one thing that I think we take for granted is that though the helmets and jerseys stay the same, teams are very different from beginning of the season, middle of season, end of the season. Yeah. Once we get to the end of the season, I don't see the Bucs being any better. And it seems like the Cowboys are on an ascent right now. They're much better than they were, and they're going to keep getting better. Cowboys a double-digit favorite in that game. I mean, I, I would imagine they would be,
0: right? Easy. And because it's really both sides of the ball. Dallas is leading the NFL and scoring since Dak's been back. And to Nick's point, that front seven against that offensive line, they'll have no shot. So what uh, Tampa has to hope for, they don't play Philly or Dallas, which is likely, or maybe they get Ryan Jensen back. They're a really good center because if the offensive line doesn't improve, Tom Brady has no chance in the playoffs.
4: I'm just looking. Like, the Cowboys scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. The Bucks have 34 in the last 2 weeks. Like like this isn't the same kind <laughs> yeah. of like you, you you're not going to play a team in the playoffs yeah. who runs four offensive plays. Like 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 this not like Alvin Kamara run into the line on first down and get no yard and then we'll figure something else out. Like, the Saints have nothing. And I think the
2: the response to what the Saints, like the game plan strategy would be in that situation is we need short passes because we can't protect or we need to run the ball. Yeah. They don't have short pass receivers, and they do not have an aggressive running game. So I don't see where they find an advantage. The only thing that they can do is try to, like, stretch, try to shorten this game and get to the fourth quarter and let Tom Brady be magical.
0: But that's the problem is that right now they're only scoring on 10 to 12 play drives. They had two of them in the fourth quarter. But the reason they're 27th in the league in points is that's really hard to do consistently. Okay, yeah. so l- l- let's, let's all
1: admit what is obvious here. And you're not having any trouble doing it, so I'll be the one <laughs> yeah, admitting it. Finally. And that is that the Buccaneers aren't very good. good. They, they are going to win. Oh, they may very well wind up winning what is going to be one of the worst divisions that we have ever seen. That certainly wasn't what this season was supposed to be. Tom Brady is coming off a year in which he had personal career highs in touchdown passes and, and, and passing yards. The week one, they beat the Cowboys. This was supposed to be the best defense or among them in the National Football League. What happened to this team? Why did they go from being so good to being so mediocre this quickly? And how much of it is
2: actually Brady? Yeah, well, I mean, defense is the injuries. I think a lot of it is Brady because I think we were kind of fooled into believing that we were getting vintage vintage brady because he gave us vintage brady numbers in actuality brady was being supported by a great offensive line and healthy outstanding receivers and a respectable rushing attack when you take that away you get what brady is is like in glimpses what like all aging superstars are that the hardest thing is not that they can't be great anymore is that they can't be great consistently and Brady still can be great on occasions, but he's not, he's never going to be the guy that can put a team on the back. He knows that. That's why he wanted to get the hell out of New England and get down to Tampa. Do
1: people in the National Football League right now, Mike Tannenbaum, let, let's just say this season is going to come and go and they're not going to go in the Super Bowl. I don't know where Tampa's going to wind up, but let, let's all admit we, they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Will there be teams in the offseason who will look at that and say, I'm going to bring Tom Brady in here, and we're going to win a championship next year at 46?
0: Yes, because what they're going to do is they're going to replicate what Tampa did two years ago, have a great offensive line, a really good defense, and say, we could plug him in into this situation, and it could work. And so, for example? I'll give you two. The New England Patriots, who have a better offensive line than people realize, a couple of really good young skill players, it could be a marriage of convenience for a year with him, and Coach Belichick, and the other one is San Francisco. It's a homecoming. They have the best left tackle in football in Trent Williams. They are loaded with skilled players, so I think those two teams actually make sense next year. You know, I
1: watched the New England Patriots play offense on Thursday night, and it made me sicker, and, and it was almost impossible for me to be sicker than I already was. Tom Brady <laughs> is going to go play for an offense being coordinated by Matt Patricia
0: and Joe Judge. Maybe they make a change there, but my point is, like, both, of those or, uh, both sides really could use each other. Tom, obviously, it's probably run its course in Tampa Bay. And New England, obviously, Mac Jones has taken a massive step back. And I think their skill players are actually
1: better than people think. San Francisco was the one that intrigued me, Dan Graziano. How about that? Obviously, the Garoppolo thing is a terrible shame. But he probably wasn't going to be there next year anyway. How how realistic a
4: possibility does that sound? We always think that about Jimmy. (laughs) He still is. Uh, Look, uh, I, I mean, obviously, it depends on Trey Lance, right? Like, they're invested in Trey Lance. They traded a lot to get him. If they believe in him... Then I don't know that you'd do the Tom Brady for one year thing. Look, they they had a shot to bring in Tom Brady a couple years ago and decided to stick with Jimmy G because they had just been to the Super Bowl with him. So I feel like that ship may have set. I mean, who knows? We don't know if Trey Lance will be fully healthy. Uh, it's entirely possible. Can't rule it out. Josh McDaniels, his former coordinator, is in Vegas. That roster probably needs a little work before you could convince Tom to come there and. You know, David Tepper in Carolina is desperate to 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 get a quarterback and make a big splash. Maybe uh, now that you can't do it in Miami, maybe that's the the Sean Payton Tom Brady combo package uh, in Carolina or somewhere like that. So, so give me the neat Crystal ball, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you got three options. You got
1: first week of next season, Tom Brady is a the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Right. B the quarterback of someone else. C retired from pro football. And and, doing the game on
0: five. (laughs)
2: Brady Brady has a 10-year contract to do. I'll say B. He's a quarterback somewhere else. I think it's run his course in Tampa, as everyone's already pointed out. And it's hard for me to climb into Tom Brady's head If I were Tom Brady, I'd have quit a decade ago Mm. after multiple Super Bowls, multiple MVPs, a beautiful family, and lots of money. But Tom Brady, whatever is in him that made him the greatest, that flame ain't going out. And I don't see him putting it out until people stop offering him contracts. And he's given no one a reason to stop doing that. Like He played well enough last night. There are lots of teams that are like, yeah, I would love to have him.
4: He's not the 32nd best
0: starter in the league, that's for sure, by any stretch. And if you take that a step further, Greeny, at least a third of the league is going to need a quarterback next year, yeah. so there will be a robust market for him if that's something he chooses. Would you take him at the Jets? Heck no. Are you kidding what? me? What? No, no way. No? For
1: one season? A 46-year-old Tom Brady next year ahead of Mike White? Are you kidding me? Who is directly on his Oh, you're being sarcastic. League? Okay, I got you. Uh, <laughs> I <see>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. Your acting was too good. Really the delivery, so The delivery was too good for me. <laughs> Threw me off with the question. Uh, coming up, the full court <laughs> press for Odell Beckham. Did you see what happened at the Mavs game last night. Is this a done deal? And does he make Dallas the team to beat? We'll answer all those questions. Plus, did you see what the Packers general manager had to say about Aaron Rodgers' future? Will he really stay in Green Bay? It's another legend we're talking about next. Get up on ESPN. Uh, we are back, and our next game is called Believe It or Not. Hey, Dan Graziano,
4: the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson was a mistake. Believe it or not. Uh, believe it? Like, what have we seen to make us not believe that so far? He's played terrible. The team is terrible. And, and their pick belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. I, I don't see what about this. Has not been a complete disaster. Yeah, it's not just a pick, right? They have any number of picks. They have a
1: very good pick. They're a terrible team that isn't belong it? to the Seahawks. Yes, everything bad about them. Uh, Tannenbaum,
0: if I were to say Jalen Hurts is the
1: leading candidate
0: for MVP, would you believe it or not? Believe it, absolutely Green. And here's why, remarkably, when the ball's in the air for 15 yards or more, his completion percentage from last year to this year has gone up by more than 10%, which is a remarkable improvement. And you factor in all the other great things he can do with the ball in his hands. He is unquestionably the MVP as of right now. They have the best record in the sport. Dominique,
1: Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can still make a playoff run, believe it or not? For
2: next year? (laughs) No, I don't think I can believe it this year. Like They they had a big win, I guess, against the Bears, who no one thinks are a competitive team. I don't think we need to get ahead of ourselves. with. it, It wasn't even like a blowout. They struggled to win that. I still think... They found a receiver, it seems like, in Watson, but I still think they have a ways to go this season. They're not going to be able to make it up the whole season.
1: All right, so we just spent all this time talking about Tom Brady and his future, both short-term and long. Brady has the benefit of playing in a division that doesn't have Minnesota in it. Aaron Rodgers does not. So what does his future look like? The coach and the general manager in Green Bay answered questions about Rodgers yesterday.
3: Can you
0: say that if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football next year that you want him to be your quarterback? Solely? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, of course. We made a big commitment to him this offseason and um, so that was obviously you know something that was really important to us. But like we've talked about in, in, in the past, I mean, this is something we'll sit down with him after the season and it'll be something we do together and, and move forward that way.
1: Oh, it's that time of year where these guys get questions that they can't possibly answer in any way other than that. Uh, when who knows what's actually going on behind the scenes and what conversations are taking place? As I always uh, preface every conversation about Green Bay by saying you're very plugged in there. What what is the best sense of how the relationships are right now between those well those
4: two guys and Aaron Rodgers? Look, no one's in a good mood about the way this season has gone. So I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I'm sure there's there's all kinds of sort of you know, frayed nerves and snapping at each other. Big picture, the, the contract tells you what you need to know. The Packers want him back. They, they feel like that, that number for next year provides a lot of incentive for him to come back, and they hope that he does. The, the wild card is what does he want to do? What is he thinking? Um, you know, he'll be on McAfee today. Maybe that will help us a little bit yes. uh, in terms of figuring it out. But, um, uh, until until we and until the Packers know what his plans are, it's very hard for them to make plans around it. Right now, as was the case last year and the year before, their hope is that he decides to come back and play for them again next year. Because they think they have a good team, and the, and the season didn't go well, and if they bring back the roster, make some changes, fix the defense, uh, that they might be um, all right for next year, so, and that he would give them the best chance. If you had Brian Gutekunst's job right now as the
1: general
0: manager there in Green Bay, Mike T., what would you be doing? Well, I would want him back, but I want an answer ASAP because yeah. obviously all that uncertainty triggered all everything else that happened. Devontae Adams leaving, not being in the off-season program, <laughs> hurt Christian Watson's development, which I know oh, you agree God. with. Yeah, he so, looks terrible. But, oh, but it, it just took <laughs> yeah, a if while. If he looked like this earlier in the season, maybe it wouldn't <laughs> be too little too earned. late. Thank you. But anyway, fundamentally, Greeny, they have to force a sense of urgency. Aaron, whatever you want to do, you have earned it. You're an all-time great beyond reproach. However... You can't hold us hostage, you have to make a decision. You're either in or you're out because we have to go on and we have to decide what we're doing with Jordan Love and it's really unfair to the organization for you to make us twist in the wind for several months. I do not think of all this, Nick?
2: Yeah, you're not going to draw me into that foolish debate that you tried <laughs> to. I'm smart enough <laughs> to avoid that, sidestep that. I think the smart thing to do is this is all about relationships. It's a lot like the Jets conversation that we were talking about. They didn't have the proper relationship with Aaron Rodgers, which is what started this down this path. They didn't respect him as uh, the way he wanted to be respected. Now that they do, I think they need to have an honest conversation with him, and I think he acknowledges that – him him, and hawing like it doesn't just hurt the Packers it hurts them also so I think it's an easy conversation to have because the lines of communications have been open and because they are being much smarter about their relationships with at least this specific player I don't know about the rest of the players.
1: The way they treated the situation when they traded up to take Jordan Love, they treated Aaron Rodgers like he was a football player, and he has, I think everyone would acknowledge, earned a little more than that. Now, he has more control over what goes on in that organization than any other player does in any other
4: team, and that isn't necessarily the healthiest way for a roster to be built going forward either. No, but the situation as it's as it's set up right now is what he wanted, and they decided to give it to him, right? I mean, they trade up and take the guy in the first round. They could have moved on, as tough as that would have been. They could have. They decided not. So, so they've created. They've helped create that situation where he does have to be in the conversation. and I think he will be in the conversation when they talk about. Managing the rest of the season. Do we need to get a look at Jordan Love? Are you coming back next year? And if, and if not, then you know, what are our options? So I, I do think they'll have those conversations.
1: All right, Someone has to explain to me very quickly what they meant when they said this last part. Uh, Chrissy, let me know if we can play um, the, the, the other sound bites that we have ready here. This is the, the part about Jordan Love. All right, So you're going to okay. hear uh, Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, talking about the significance of playing Jordan Love between now and the end of the season. Here's what he said.
0: I think it would be really good for him you know the growth that you need to go through seeing things for the first time making those mistakes that you need to make um but i think from our end of it we've seen what we need to see
1: what what does that mean i, I don't I, i'm what what does that mean they've seen what they needed to see does that mean they've seen enough to pick up, up his fifth year option or enough where,
2: to not pick up his fifth year option? that's what it sounds like to me Which like one? that they want to pick up the option uh if you say that he needs to make these mistakes that's about development you're not worried about development, about someone who you are not going to extend. It seems that they want to pick up his fifth-year option. They like what they've seen well enough, and they want to get him out there to help the development and help expedite his development.
0: Yeah, I completely agree because the inverse is, if they weren't interested in his the future, they would say something like, we need more information. He clearly says, we have all the information we need. Clearly, what I think they're saying is, hey, Aaron, we're good to go. You just tell us which path. It's either going to be you or Jordan Love. Give us the answer. Yeah, I think the way they look at it, right, Jordan
4: Love heads into his fourth year next year. Uh, So his salary is probably, what, a couple million dollars for next year? So then the fifth-year option would be 20-something. So they're probably looking at it as like, well, we have this player that we like for two years and 22 million, right? That's not a bad price Mm -hmm. to you pick up the option. So I I do think that's the most likely outcome here, especially because the uncertainty of Rodgers and his age and and whether, you know, you can
0: have him for 23 and 24. And real quick, Greeny, there's, you know, the other dynamic is, what are your options if you're Green Bay? You trade yeah. up in the first round for a guy that you felt good about with a third of the league looking for quarterbacks, how are you going to know you're going to get somebody better?
4: And you know him, right? Like right. you've had him for three years, right? As opposed to bringing somebody from outside the organization that you might have more questions about.
1: No, I mean, the alternative is to continue playing a guy who's almost 40 years old on a team that's 5-8, and eight. and that's obviously not an ideal situation for any team to find itself in. I Meanwhile, tomorrow we have our NBA doubleheader with Trey Young and the Hawks taking on Julius Randle and the Knicks at 7.30 Eastern. Then we'll have Jason Tatum and the Celtics visiting Devin Booker and the Suns. Coverage tips off with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. As we continue here, the D in Big D stands for OBJ. He (laughs) was all over Dallas yesterday. Will it become his new home as soon as this morning? We'll answer that. Plus, brilliant Burrow. Is it possible that Joe Cool is the most underappreciated star in the entire sport? I will answer that question right after we see if Graziano can answer this one from Sneaky Hembo. Here we go. Who was the only quarterback drafted number one overall to start a playoff game for multiple franchises while still in his twenties? That's a great question. The answer is next. It's a great question. See what the answer is next. all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So, whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. All right, this is Sneaky Hembo living up to his name. I like this question. So Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick and he may wind up in a new place and maybe he winds up starting a playoff game for multiple franchises. while in his 20s, who is the
4: only first overall pick ever to do that? They try to go back through them, right? Like, obviously... The premise is like Peyton Manning was not still in his 20s when he started for the Broncos. I don't think Alex Smith was still in his 20s when he got to the Chiefs. I think that would be a surprise. Obviously not Stafford. I thought about like, I'm trying to think about Jim Plunkett, but I'd be guessing whether that... I I took the entire break, but I got to Michael Vick. Is Michael Vick the answer? He came into the league young. Michael Vick started a playoff game for the Eagles at 30.
2: Oh, it man. was
4: Alex Smith.
1: Yeah. It was no Alex way. Smith. It was Alex Smith who was in wow. Kansas City. Yeah. Remember, Jim Harbaugh made the switch. He went wow. away from him to Colin Kaepernick in Brad San Francisco.
4: Oh, I remember. Alex Smith, uh, it w- and he was still in his 20s. I thought he was 30 by the time he got to Kansas City. Tip of the cap.
1: Yeah, that's Himbo. a good question. That is a that good one, question. I like to sometimes berate Hembo just because it's fun. But right, yeah. that one's we a good question. Did. Yeah, uh, Graziano's still in so, the final month of the season. How
4: many shows are left in December? Still like, up seven. Is this no, over? Is this
1: clinched? You have already clinched the season. Uh, yeah. But that was an excellent question. It was. And good fun to watch. In the meantime, Tom. Brady was not the number one pick ever but he did find a way to last night pull off a miracle in a game that his team was basically finished against the Saints Dominique they're down 16-3 in the fourth quarter but here they come it starts with a 45 yard interference penalty was this a good call
2: yeah I mean it was a ticky tack call but it's a good call that situation you got to Keep depth. One thing you can't do is give him a big play. And, that- oh.
1: and Dennis Allen can't believe it because everyone could feel exactly what was about to happen. Uh, Tom Brady, Kate Otten, the rookie tight end, at 16 10 after the touchdown. Saints, third and 17.
2: Tayson Hill, can he squeeze it? It's a great ball, great throw at the seam right there to Tayson Hill, he catches it, doesn't put it away quickly enough, gets it knocked out. It's
1: a good defense on the play, Saints have to punt it back and so here comes Tampa to try and win it. This is Scotty Miller converting a first down on a third and six. Next play, 39 seconds left, and it's Julio Jones.
2: Yeah, Julio Jones gave you a vintage moment, a slight push-off, but we don't call offensive pass. He
1: he would wind up throwing a touchdown to Chris Godwin. He gets called back on holding, and so a very, very finish. The ball is snapped with eight seconds remaining. Brady hits Rashad White, and Rashad White gets the Buccaneers the win. Brady throws 54 passes last night, and the Bucs come from 16-3 down in the final five minutes. win at 17 16 it is actually the latest regulation time go-ahead touchdown pass that brady has ever thrown he's now thrown two of them in the final 15 seconds of regulation this season The previous one came in that thriller against the Rams. So we've talked a lot about him today. Let's talk about another big star. Dallas free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Visiting with the Cowboys yesterday. It was a day that would end at the Mavericks game last night where he went with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and listened to how excited the crowd was to see OBJ. Not pictured was me leading the cheers. I was in the back. (laughs) OBJ, let's go. Let's make this thing happen. Jerry Jones wants him. Is it going to happen
4: today, Dan Graziano? Why are you starting with me when you know I'm (laughs) going to just throw cold water on the whole thing? I don't know. (laughs) You should get one of these guys fired up and then come to Look, I I think it's possible. Jerry Jones wants him. He's been clear about it. He said it publicly. Uh, Players in the locker room have have said it. They're with him at the basketball game. It all makes a lot of sense. What we don't know is how the medical evaluations are going, right? He was with the Giants last week, the Bills last week, uh, the Cowboys medical people had him yesterday. These teams are asking themselves, is this a player that can help us this year? There are five weeks left in the regular season, and then you have the playoff. If that answer is coming back no, then there's a chance that no one signs him, and we're talking about this as an off-season situation. I can't rule that out. The wild card, of course, is Jerry Jones, who might just sort of want him anyway, yeah. in which case uh, he would be a
0: Cowboy. But from a team perspective, like to frame that, you're only talking about a handful of plays, guys. Like in a playoff game, especially when you're talking about playing the Vikings or certainly the Eagles, if I'm the Cowboys, if I could get one or two explosive plays out of OBJ, it's all worth it. I would have signed him a month ago. We have him in our building, have him go to practices. So whenever he's ready to go, and it could be later than sooner, well, I I get that. But... These games, as we all know, come down to one or two plays, and it's an arms race. And when you look at what Philly's done, they've added a handful of good players, Linville Joseph, Dominican Sue, Robert Quinn. If I'm Dallas, I don't let them leave the city. Look, if you
1: consider where the Cowboys are right this minute, you consider what our football power index, whatever it's worth to saying, gives them a 50% chance to make it to the Super Bowl, the likeliest Super Bowl champion of any team in the entire sport. Dan Orlovsky sitting right there yesterday said, if they don't at least make the NFC championship game, this would be a colossal, Failure for the Cowboys. Do you agree
2: with that? No. Monday, Dan is a little bit over his skis on you that You don't one. agree it, with that? I think it would be a failure. Colossal, colossal is a big me. word. A word like like colossal colossal failure is like yeah, they miss the playoffs altogether or something like that. It would be a, a huge disappointment. If they lose to anyone but Philly, No, I mean, yes, it would be a disappointment, be a failure. But the fact that matters is a single elimination tournament with other NFL teams. Like, sometimes wild stuff happens. Yes, it'll be a disappointment. A disappointment is different than a failure. Like, you can lose a game and it not be a failure. So, yes, they are second-best team in the NFC, so they should get to the championship. But that's not always how it works out, particularly now when there's only one bye.
0: Nick, would that be like pooping on their whole season? <laughs>
2: yes. You, that's that's all the work that they've done.
0: to a reference to something earlier that I'd hoped that it would passed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Never. And yet here uh, we are. Uh, Nate. Uh, 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 let me actually defend our friend, Mr. Monday Dan. Okay. I mean, the Cowboys are the team that just never gets it done. Never gets it done. If not now, when? The entire conference has fallen by the wayside. The only other team anyone can take even remotely seriously, which is Minnesota. The Cowboys just beat 40 to three, or something like that. If, if they, if they find, look, if they lose to Philly in a tough game in the NFC Championship game, then you say, okay, it was a good year. Yeah. Anything else, you're going to walk away saying, man, we let that get away.
4: Yes, but it won't be the first time. I mean, we had the conversation last year after they lost. Did they just blow their best chance yeah. to win it? And yet here we are thinking they have an even better chance to win yeah, it. The, the Cowboys have built out a roster that, you know, built for sustained success. Like, I don't think, yes, if they lose, if they don't win the Super Bowl, they will look at it as a failure because that is their goal and they believe themselves to be good enough do it. But that ball, as, as an old coach told me when I started covering football, is not round, yeah. and it bounces funny. Like, you cannot rest your entire you know, your self-worth on the result of one playoff. Yeah.
1: But the flip side of that is that it never bounces their way. For a quarter century, <laughs> one it of these never days, never bounced their way. And if not now, then when? You're right. Last year felt like their best chance. They had to lose Amari Cooper. All these things happen. Lo and behold, they're better than they were a year ago it's, and in better position.
2: Which suggests something that we do not ascribe to the Cowboys often is like some institutional stability. Yes. It's the same thing that we talk about the Ravens. It's like being around a bunch is a value because sometimes the ball does bounce your way. In this season, I thought the Cowboys were going to be bad. I was wrong. So, yeah. projecting that they're going to be bad next, scene, next season also like feels like a mistake. And yes, it would be a disappointment, but I guess we're quibbling over the adjective. Mm-hmm, Colossal the other, seems a little too the aggressive. Other
4: thing, like The OBJ signing would be a big, splashy free agent signing, which is not a thing they really do. Yeah. You can talk about Robert Quinn, how many sacks he got for the Eagles. Zero. Like, it hasn't that, actually helped. Like, like, the fact of the matter, it's like to, to do something just for the sake of doing it. They're going to get Tyron Smith back sometime in the next couple ooh, of weeks. That good. makes a lot more difference. But, but football is a week-to-week week
0: existence. They just lost Anthony Brown a really good corner for the yeah. year, and Robert Quinn may make a couple of plays for Philly at some point. All, all I'm saying is, if I'm Dallas, I want to acquire as many resources as possible so Greeny doesn't have to have that discussion about another Dallas collapse.
1: Right, we'll see. And, and and the coaches and all the rest of them don't have to either. In the meantime, really busy little juncture here, so let's run the hurry up through a bunch of news. We all know what happened with Baker Mayfield yesterday. Dan, what can you tell us? What's the
4: latest? Well, today he has to pass through uh, waivers. As Mike T. pointed out earlier, anyone who is – released after the trade deadline has to go through waivers. So it's reverse order of draft. The Houston Texans have the first shot at him. If they don't claim him, then what? The Bears, whoever's sitting there too. If he gets unclaimed by all 32 teams, he's a free agent set to sign uh, with any team that he wants. But if he gets claimed by a team, he's got to go... To that team and they have to take on the remainder of the contract about 1.4 million for the rest of the year baltimore ravens quarterback lamar jackson left sunday's game with a knee injury his coach john harbaugh said yesterday it's a week-to-week situation and that this week does not seem likely so the ravens will will get lamar through this week see how he feels see how the knee responds to uh, treatment see how it responds to rest and then they'll make an evaluation hopefully they won't be without him for too long. And then the Cincinnati Bengals flying high, but they did suffer uh, one significant injury in this game against Kansas City the other day, tight end Hayden Hurst. Uh, he left the game with an injury he is doubtful, they're saying, uh, for week 14. Uh, so we'll see if, if they have their guy. They, they, they might have to get by with just, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I mean- and uh, maybe they get Joe Mixon back. Mixon back. Yeah, and, like yeah. They, they might have to just, you know, Hayden Hurst has been an important player for them this year, but and they would miss him, but um, it might be a short-term. I want to
1: dive quickly into Joe Burrow because this came up yesterday on this program, and I sort of carried it over onto the radio show. And here's the thing. Right now it feels like there are three teams in the AFC that have separated themselves a little bit. It's certainly our power index thinks that there are three teams right now that are head and shoulders above the rest in the AFC. Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. And they've got the three quarterbacks. So if you're going to sort of make them all superheroes, you can easily see what the powers are of the yeah. other one. You you're, you're, you're scouting these guys, right? You're uh, band-making draft picks. Josh Allen, he's, he's like a monster out there. He's like Superman out there. Um, really? Patrick Mahomes, he can do stuff that I've never seen anybody do. He's like Spider-Man out there. And then there's Joe Burrow. And I keep saying he's like Batman because he doesn't have any superpowers. He just looks like a regular guy, and yet somehow he manages to be just as good as any of them. How is Joe Burrow,
0: without any of the obvious things that the other two superstar quarterbacks have, how is he this good? A couple of things. From a tangible standpoint, he has all the requisite physical ability to make all the throws. He has better arm strength than we give him to. But the intangibles, to me, is what separates him. From the neck up, he's extraordinarily smart, knows where to go with the ball. And he has that intangible of leadership greenie where these guys would walk on glass backwards for him. It's so clear that they love him and believe in him. Explain it
1: to me, Neil. How, how, how... He's just so good, and it's so hard. It's, it's like a Brady-esque. Yes. I hate saying that yes. out loud, no, but right. there's the only comparison. It's better you can than think of
2: it's, to it's better than that. Honestly, like he's not better than Brady, but his impact, like the start of his career, you could argue has been more impressive than any of these other quarterbacks. So you look at Patrick Mahomes, yes, his numbers were great, but he stepped into a team that was loaded and great. Josh Allen, rough start to his career, they got some players around him, he got good. Joe Burrow is one of very few quarterbacks in the history of this league that's been dropped in a bad situation and immediately the situation got better. And then once things got a little bit better around him, they got even better. Joe Burrow doesn't have these highlight internet plays that we pass around all the time because the thing that he does exceptional is like manage the pocket and make good decisions. those are not clippable. They're not TikTokable. You can't dance to that.
4: Yeah, his level of confidence is, is incredible, right? Like, you do not feel like you're talking to a 25-year-old player when, when you're talking to him. He has said, and I love this line, he has said his confidence comes from his preparation. And I've been around that team the last couple of weeks. They are, they, they like to be nerdy and boring. Well, like he talked after the game on Sunday about the receivers and the receiver meetings and how they go over granular details about, and, and how devoted they are to every little single aspect of, the, uh, of their work. And I talked to his offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, and he said Burrow's gotten so much better this year, as crazy as that sounds, and he's talking about how, you know, decisions not to take a sack, whatever. He said what we're proudest of is, yes, we still have the explosive ability, but now we're able to sustain 80, 90-yard touchdown drives And that almost makes – so Burrow will do whatever you need him to do to win the game that week, and that is an incredible quarterback. And look at those numbers, Dominique, as I give it to you. I just want
1: everyone to to soak that in. That's in the winning time, right? When the game is on the line, look at
2: the things he does. The the preparation that you're talking about, I think that speaks to culture. And there are people who have impact on the culture more than others. The starting quarterback has a lot of impact on the culture. It helps when you're really talented. Also, it helps when you're kind of cool and they respect you. Like Joe Burrow comes off as a cool guy. He comes off as a socially conscious guy and a super talented guy. And when he's the guy that's staying late, other guys want to stay a little bit late also. When he performs on the field, other guys want to live up to that hype. It's the Tom Brady thing that you're talking about. When he went down to Tampa, you saw how disciplined that team all of a sudden got. The same thing is happening in uh, um, Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Look, his name hasn't really been in the MVP
1: conversation much, but I'm not sure at this point it shouldn't be. As we go down the final few games of the season. Meanwhile, as we continue, do the Bengals make the Foxy Five? Oh, That's the question. Dominique the is going to pick the five best teams in football. Is Burrow on the list? Is Mahomes' team slipping? He will tell all. Max,
2: Ready.
3: <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: If you're just waking up, here's your wake-up call. Tom Brady, Buccaneers Radio Network to win it last night. Here's the snap, Brady dropping, looking, Brady throws. Caught ball, it's caught! Touchdown, Tampa to Bay! Rashad White! Rashad White! Touchdown, Buccaneers! Fire the cannons! Bucks tie the game at 16. Brady with a dart, and Rashad White finishes. It was quite a dramatic finish, if you didn't watch last night. Tampa was down 16-3 in the final five minutes of the game. Brady threw touchdowns on the last two drives to win it. The 44th, fourth-quarter comeback of his career surpassing the record that he shared with Peyton Manning. Uh, Brady basically is the record book now for quarterbacks in the NFL. The question is, are they one of the five best teams in the NFL? The answer is, of course they're not. So we asked Dominique Foxworth uh, to put together the Foxy Five.
2: Quite a dance move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a better dancer now You guys work in there? A Tootsie Roll type of guy.
1: Top five teams in the NFL right this I minute.
2: Go. Alright, so I hate my list already, but we're gonna start at number five, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That loss yesterday is like it's tough because they lost to a good team and they're obviously very good. And they've had a really good run. They're one of the most impressive teams. I'm not going to say that they're not going to win the Super Bowl. But given what happened last week, you have to drop them down on the list. And given the team that beat them, you have to put that team in front of them in the Bengals. The Bengals a few weeks ago had a very embarrassing loss to the Browns. But since that loss, they've been... Very, very impressive. They got chase back. They have a defense that has some issues, some holes on it. But at every level, they have really talented players. There aren't like big superstar names, but they don't make mistakes. They're well coached and they make some of the best adjustments in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joe Burrow at four. At number three, I think I went with the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, I thought so. I I like, I mean, the Cowboys, there's not much to say about them. That defense is tremendous. They create turnovers. They get pressure. Dak Prescott is probably the most trustworthy quarterback we have in the NFC, which isn't saying much, even though he had some ugly balls in that recent game. That drops him down just a little bit. But I love the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. And I got the Bills at number two, maybe, I think, (laughs) Josh. Allen is unstoppable, but he makes a lot of really poor decisions. That defense is dealing with a lot of injuries, but they still have been on a pretty impressive run. The way that they treated the Patriots recently, I think, stood out to me. And you have to put them there because they are as talented as they are, and Stephon Diggs is possibly the best receiver in football and number one it's easy this is the only thing I feel good about on this list only thing I'm confident about is the Eagles are by far the number one team in all of football okay
1: I don't think anyone can argue with the five teams that you put up there we could quibble over the order let's bring the guys in because let me ask you this if you are doing your list based upon who are the five best teams this minute this week they just beat them then I totally get it but if I were to change it to which ones do you have the most confidence yeah. in going through the playoffs? Would you change this list? Would you still have Eagles and Bills at the top? Because that would suggest that's your Super Bowl. No,
2: I would change. I would definitely change this list. I think I'd put the Chiefs in front of the Bills. I think I'd put the Bengals in front of the Bills. I guess I have to put the Bengals in front of the Chiefs also. But I still think I would put the Chiefs. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd go i go mean, Eagles, but, Chiefs. No, because then the game yeah. that happened last weekend isn't the deciding thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'd go Eagles, Chiefs. Bills, Cowboys,
1: Bengals. So so your order in the AFC is Chiefs, then Bengals, then Bills, or Chiefs, then Bills, then
0: Bengals?
2: I'm a sucker for that Patrick Mahomes, man. See, these
1: Mahomes. are the questions. No, who can argue Mahomes. with all of that? What do you think, Dan, about
0: I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati. I mean, they are the reigning AFC champions, and they're actually <laughs> they're playing better. better. Yeah. They're playing better on both sides of the ball. I, and right now, they're playing the best of anybody in the AFC. What do you think? I, I mean, at this, time, at this time of year,
4: like, it, it's tough to get my attention. Like, yeah. the last two weeks, the Cincinnati Bengals, I watched them, listened to them. I'm like, there's something going on. Okay, guess, change like, the list. <laughs> Bangles number one. going on? Bangles number team. one. Fix the list. They are, they, they are in the right frame of mind for this time of year. And they know that because they just went through it. They, they were there last year. Like, we forget that. They were there last year, and they're better. They're the only team that's going to be in the playoffs that was in last year's Super Bowl, I'll
1: tell you that. <laughs> and the other piece of this that leaves you, that you, you, you wonder about, well, the, the value of having a top-level NFL quarterback. There isn't one we have five quarterbacks on our screen yeah. right now and every single one of them you have the confidence in, particularly with the season that Hurts is having, which begs the question. If you are a San Francisco team or one of these others, they're gonna try and get there without a quarterback who is tried and true. This is where your problem lies. This is the yeah, position you need I, to get right.
2: Yeah, I feel bad about leaving the 49ers off because honestly I don't feel any different about the 49ers last week than I do this week. But yeah, having Brock Purdy there makes gives them a little bit of a step down, but that team is still very talented.
4: I mean, like, you you can tip your cap to Tennessee and how they find a way, but you just don't have any faith in that that group and that quarterback.
1: And no team had a better weekend than the Bills did, if you think about it. They beat the Patriots, the Jets lost, the Dolphins lost, so maybe no team had a more impactful, positive week. That's the Foxy Five, argue, if you will. Speaking of arguments, first take is coming up at the top of the hour. How would signing Odell impact the Cowboys' chances of winning the Super Bowl? And can the Niners get there with Brock Purdy as their quarterback? They will fight over those and many other subjects as they take over top of the hour here on ESPN.
0: I think about Tony Colton. Tony had spirit like you couldn't believe. Tony passed away and I was at his bedside at the hospital when he was terminally ill. And he whispered, Mr. V, please help those kids. Don't let them suffer like me. And I said, Tony, to my last breath, I will beg and plead for dollars. So people out there go to V.org and make a donation.
1: v.org donate this is v week it's the most important week of our year as we beg for dollars, as Dickie V says, for game-changing research that helps save lives, 100% of the money you donate goes directly to cancer research. V.org/slash/donate. And one of the best events we have this week is tonight. It's the Jimmy V Classic from the Garden. We got Illinois, Texas, and then we got Iowa, Duke. It's a great night of basketball, and most importantly, it is for a wonderful cause. Please, if you can, go to V. Org and help us fight cancer as we continue on Get Up. All right, before we go, uh, Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for us. He tweeted just moments ago, Why would Jerry Jones be confident in signing Odell Beckham when not seeing him work out? Quote, I'm not confident at all, he said on his radio interview. That's the issue. We all realize that issue of health. We've got a good bead on that. Um a, all my life I thought it was beat on that, to be oh, completely no, 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 honest. But that's
0: neither here nor there. Well, what does that sound like to you? Negotiations one-on-one. Hey, you're not as healthy as we thought. we got to lower our offer. So this is a money thing he's talking about. Oh, I, I think so. I think he's posturing. It's one factor, right? Like,
4: they've got to be sure he can help them win this year. And if they're not sure about that, that lowers the chances of him signing there. And then they've got to make sure the deal is right for them because, as we mentioned, they have other financial issues going forward. So it's not a slam dunk, and I think... That's what you can take out of it. RC, sitting right where you're
1: sitting right now, Dominique, and our LSU guy and all that, he said to me, he's not leaving Dallas. He's going in there today. This was yesterday, and he's not leaving. He was convinced he was gonna sign that.
2: Yeah, I would have been convinced also until I saw that quote. And that quote suggested to me that Jerry Jones is normally like a showman, a play it up type of guy. Yeah. Him suggesting that hey. we, yeah, I don't know, not so sure, we got a good bead on that, Suggest that maybe the bead that he has is not a very um, optimistic one.
1: What, what does we've got a bead on that mean, by the way? Like I'm it's just like confused. Him. Like when a center fielder is tracking a fly ball, he doesn't have a bead on it. it? No, it's a bead. What does that mean? I don't know. What's wrong? You're
2: supposed to have the answers. You're our answer guy. Look Look all that up. One way or another,
1: the Odell conversation and more continue. First take takes over.